I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Right, welcome back to Brooko Mode. I'm joined by Braden Ainsworth. Good morning, mate. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Mate, I'm always good. Always good when I get to hang out with you. It's always good fun. Yeah, too true. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about 2023, some of the big lessons we've learned. It's been a massive year for both of us in our sort of journeys. Um, and I guess, yeah, go through five individual life lessons we've come up with and sort of explore them. We'll go one for one. Um so kick us off, Braden. What is one life lesson you have learned in 2023? So one of my biggest lessons is taking action from transformation. So what I mean by that is we, especially me, like wanted to really grow, learn, explore. Um, and I did that by books, podcasts, blogs, um, all that sort of stuff. But this is all awesome. It's all great for your own self-growth, self-development. But reading alone is not going to transform you, right? So... That's one of the biggest lessons I guess I've learned is because action is key. So I've constantly filled my mind with self-help books or podcasts, um, blogs, like I said, but then haven't put things into action as well. I'm just like, I'm just going to keep reading, keep reading. But what's the point of reading you know, 12, 15, 20 books and then not putting that work into action? So, um, And it wasn't probably until, I reckon it might have been around oh, October where I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who it was. It was just one random one that just popped up. And it was about putting things you learn into action. And that's what really got me going because I was like, you've just read a few books. What did even that book even say? What did that like podcast even think about? Like, you know, taking notes and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, no, that, look at this podcast. I'm going to read that. Oh, I got recommended this book. I'm going to read that book. And then like I didn't put any of it into action. And so that's one of my biggest things is taking action from the knowledge, the wisdom that's out there and actually diving into it and not just flipping the book, all right, done, put that on the shelf, all right, next one, okay, I've just listened to that podcast, cool, that was a nice podcast, i got a few takeaways, all right, what's this podcast saying? And that's probably been my biggest thing because I think the magic happens when the insights you get actually learn 
and develop into tangible improvements. So that's probably one of my biggest ones. Um, and I think it's so simple when we all sort of know it if you're in this space. But um, yeah, take action from transformation and, and put that magic that happens from everybody because there's so much wisdom out there. Um, but what's the point if you don't take action? So And yeah. not everything's for everyone and exactly. you'll never know if it works for you unless you try. And that's where you get a lot of perspective from trying things. And if you're reading a book and you haven't taken at least one practical thing for it and tried it, then it's almost pointless unless unless it's helped you reframe a few things in your life. T- that's the whole point of self-help books. People forget that. Like it's meant to help yourself. That's why you read them to learn and like t- acquire the knowledge and then apply it to your life. Um, yeah, in your own way, like you said, right? I think that's so important because, you know, I could tell you to go and listen to um, Chris Williamson and then I'm like, man, this is what I got out of it. This is what you need to do. You need to listen to this podcast and then this is going to change your life and implement what he's saying but it's like okay i can listen to him and i can share that with you but then i can also put it into my own way because his way your way my way are all different how Mm. and our lives are all different so as much as i needed to learn and all the things i've got to say it's putting it into perspective into your own life as well which is i think really important factor as not just thinking that this is the one way to go and that's how you get to success because everyone's road's different. But you've got to take action and you can get so much advice from these people but putting it into your life and your structure and all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of the, the time the reason people don't put it into action is because they like to play out the sort of fantasy in their mind that, oh my God, things could be great. They see it in the in they see it in a book they sort of magically apply it to their life in their own head, but then never take the steps for it because sometimes that can be more comfortable than realising that maybe it, it might not work out and applying these things to your life might not work. It's the cynicism blanket, as Williamson talks about. You know, it's easier to not... not. It's easier to sit on the sidelines and say, oh, things could be great as if, I, if I gave it a go. Like, they would work out. It's easy to sit on the sidelines, but until you truly put yourself in the game, you'll never know. But if you, if you never... If you never if you never go, you're never going to know. And I think that's the regret that you're going to live with is going to be way harder than the, the short-term fantasy that you play out in your head. So you can't really lose if you, if you give it a go. I agree 100%. That fantasy of like, oh, that could be cool. And then playing it in your head, visualizing what it might look like and imagining it and like, oh, this would be awesome. This is what my life could be like. And if I put all these steps into action, but then it's like you said, I love, I love that you said that. It's, it's a good way to think about it. Yeah. All right. All right. My first one is surrounding yourself with the right people is the best decision you can make for self-growth. I think with self-growth, it's a very individual thing, but then I think people forget how much others influence them. So you definitely are a product of the five people around you because they have such a big influence on the, the limiting beliefs you have, your what you think about certain things, your life values. Like you influence them and they influence you. And that's just undeniable. It's shown in the research of psychology. And a lot of the time people don't realize how much others influencing them because a lot of it's done subconsciously because the same things get repeated over and over. By the, like when I started hanging out with Braden, right, I started saying a few of the things that he's <laughs> saying. Like what, what was that one? Like. Or right. 
That's right. Or some 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 little two word line, and and then I was like, fuck that. That made me realize that like, fuck, I, I've never heard those words put together. And then I started copying that. So I think you got to start the the one line I would um uh, with your friends. This is the one question you should ask yourself to whether you have the right friends. How would you feel if you had to trade lives with one of your friends? Because if that makes you feel uneasy, then I think that's saying something about your friends and that's ultimately saying something about yourself because you definitely are a product to some extent to the, to the people that surround you. You can grow by yourself without other people, but that's why I'm saying it's the best decision for self-growth because it makes things so much easier. Because the amount of times this year where I've been motivated, gone to friends and they inspire me and, 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 and sort of pump you up, a lot of the time when you're self-growth, there's a lot of uncertainty with self-growth because it's unfamiliar territory. You're out of your comfort zone. And if you're out of your comfort zone and you have people doubting you or trying to pull you back with their limiting beliefs, they're trying to pull you back to that comfort zone because that's what they know and that's what they believe that you're capable of. But if you have friends that are sort of helping you explore beyond what you know of yourself, helping you get out of your comfort zone, then they're the right friends. And the reason I learned that this year is because I've gone through so much self-growth in the last two years and this year I made a lot more new friends who are definitely in this space and it has helped me so much more because of like when I'm doubting myself or when I have these limiting beliefs or I have these new ideas and I go to them, people get excited for me versus like some of my older friends who aren't really in the space. And while they're like, oh, that's cool, they don't really have that same vibe and that frequency that sort of lifts me up, um, which I think has helped me so much this year. So like small or large container people, like are you hanging out with people who are trying to push you forward or hold you back? And I think it's as simple as that. And just ask yourself that question. If you had to trade lives with one of your friends, how would that make you feel? It's a big reflection of your friends. Well, like you've said, you've met new people. And like me and you, what, what do you reckon, how long will it be? Six months now? I saw, I think it's been f- four or five. Four five. Or five. It's and not- like, mate, we'll call each other up and be like, We'll just be talking. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then all of a sudden, it's like we're like, oh yeah, sweet. That's that's such a good idea. We figured this out. Or like even the other day, like I um put a post up, and you're like, man, like look, is that you being yourself? And it really got me thinking. Like I would have left that up, but I was just like, you know, you need these people in your life that like keep you true to yourself as well. And I think our relationship, like like I said, we're calling we're calling each other up, backing each other in, saying, yeah, you should do it like this. Um, I love that idea. Keep going, and to have like people like that in your life, it's so important. And like friendships can grow like that, mm. and they can skyrocket. And it's like the old saying, "Love at first sight," right? It's like <laughs> friends at first sight. Like we seen each other for a coffee and connected straight away, and then now we're just like four four months in, and like ringing each other, calling each other, backing each other in. And I think that's what you know when you've got a true friendship, which I love. I feel like a lot of friends project their insecurities onto their friends, which I understand because, like, they don't know any better, but sometimes it's just, like, how unaware are you of yourself? Like, how can you seriously continue? Like, I have a mate, Jack, and he's doing getting into this space and trying new things, and he has a lot of friends who don't aren't helping him grow. Like, I'm, I'm being the friend for him, that his friends can't be for him because they just have their limiting beliefs and their, I don't know, do you think it's partly in the fact that they're scared that they're going to outgrow them or that like they think 
he's better than them. I think it comes yeah. to like the, oh, you think you're better than us sort of mentality. I For me, I sort of forget that because I'm so like far from that sort of belief. But I think that's what people actually genuinely think, whether they know it consciously or not. It's definitely a voice that, that happens. Oh, big time. It's always like, it's the tall poppy syndrome. Like everyone like will support you. But once you get to like, I reckon like you get to this point where it's like, they'll support you when they think they're above you. And then when they think they're overtaking you, it's like, oh, what's he doing? He's doing his own thing. He's starting to, you know, become a bit more of an influencer or whatever it might be in your space or he's starting to learn and develop and grow and do new things. It's like, oh, he's, he's actually doing the life he wants mm. and I'm stuck here doing what I don't want to be doing. And I think that plays such a crucial role into to friendships and why people, I guess, grow apart, like... Or if people find new people because they're doing what they want to do, but they're finding people to actually support them and lift them up. And um, Jack's doing some pretty cool things, and he's putting himself out there. I've mm. seen on on um, you know socials a bit more, and it's awesome. Like he's got the run stuff and all that, and you know that from an outside view is like that's sick. Keep doing mm. it, man. Like I don't even really know him, but I think it's awesome, right? And then like he's commenting on some of my stuff and liking, and, and he's messaged me a couple of times, and I'm just like, you know. We've never met in person, mm. but like for me, I'm already like, okay, this guy I could probably have a pretty cool relationship with, mm. and it's someone I don't even know, and we're both in the same space, and um, obviously yourself as well, and it's just that I don't know why people in your own friend group sometimes talk crap about you. Like a good, I've got a really good story. Is my mate, one of my mates, um, who I won't say names or anything, but started to get more into his. Um, doing his PT and all this sort of stuff and smashing it, doing more content because if you want to get, if you're in that space, you got to post content, yeah. right? Because you need to get clients, especially online. So he was posting more about his workouts and all this sort of stuff and, you know, you got to sometimes get the rig out and that's what he was doing and, and it was amazing content and it, he was getting more clients and he was happier doing his thing and then people around him were putting screenshots in the group chats, talking crap and like giving him stick for no reason like because he's chasing his dream chasing his goal and chasing what he loves to do why do we tear people down when they're chasing what they want to do i don't get it and yeah that's sort of something that um i've learned a lot this year as well which will flow into my my next one but it's just what's the next one so it's literally exactly the same and i just worded it differently is filter your circle so it's a big valuable lesson for me because I guess I am a very not oh, I don't know how to describe the type of person I am. I just like to do my thing and I'm very routine routinely based and system operated type of guy and I like things I do like, things I don't like and in the middle it's a bit grey water of what I might do. Like, you know, I'm not gonna go for really go for a beer, but I'll go for a coffee sort of thing, this sort of stuff. And I stick to that. But Filtering my circle has been big this year in terms of, like you've just said, is surrounding myself with the people that, I guess, impact me with inspiration and personal growth. And I, it's exactly what you just said. And a great line that I, um, I guess, I sort of come to is, if you look around at your circle of friends, sorry, let me say that again. If you look around at your circle of friends and you don't get inspired, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. And that I was just like, that that's something that I really needed to like look back on and reflect on and be like, 
okay, these are my five people I hang around with. And then the list of like 25, that is pretty cool. Like, because that was actually really hard to do. I did a list of five people that, you know, I could tell anything to and that really support me in my relationship because there's work as well. And then it might be a sporting club. So there's all these different things that flow into those five people. And then it was actually, you might find this weird, but in my 25, I had Stephen Bartlett, I had Ed Milet. I had Brandon Burchard and I had Jay Shetty and I had Chris Williamson because right? I did this re- like recently. And I was like, these blokes got no idea who I am. But they were in my top five, uh, top 25 because I listened to them and I watched them more than I hang out with some other people. So I was like, well, they influenced me more than what these people mm. do. So they were in it and they wouldn't even know, obviously. But that has really shaped and helped me because I'm like, it's not obviously just who you hang out with. It's also what you listen to and what you consume, right? It's everything. So filtering that circle and it's like my actual in-life personal, my podcasting and books, like all that sort of stuff. And that is like, okay, I really need to structure that. I need to structure that. I need to filter this out. I need to get you know, rid of all the, I guess, the bad things when you filter water, right? So that's been the biggest one for my own development, like you said, and growth. And it's given me, a bit of clarity on the direction that I can go mm. in and the people that I can lean on and and like I can come back to you like yourself Harry um have been two blokes that I've really met this year that I've just built really good connections with and I don't think I would have been able to do that if I didn't f- start to filter out that circle mm. yeah. yeah I think it's amazing we <laughs> you might think it's weird that you acknowledge those podcasts but it's actually probably it's good because to me it means you're self-aware of what's influencing you there's a lot of people who scroll on social media so much and they consume their information diet is terrible and they don't realize the impact it has on them so being self-aware of positive influence is a good thing Um, and I think yeah people don't understand what sort of impact the stuff that they see teaches them about what's possible and where they should be taking their life that's why it's so important that you don't just watch what you put into your body from a physical sense but like the content you consume is is one of the most important things that you can do and people don't realize realize that yeah agree 100 percent. all right my next one definitely something that probably holds back most people and i think it would have held back me if i didn't just just do it and it's you're never going to be ready, so go with what you've got or you'll never go. And this was inspired by the car episode, I think it was, on um, Chris Williamson. Um, pretty much quote-unquote, similar to what he said. But um, I think a lot of people wait to be ready. They wait for perfect conditions to start. They wait till the world tells them they're good enough or that they're capable or, I don't know, that they're almost worthy of doing something. And... I call it like the proof paradox because it's like the only way you're ever going to prove that you are good enough is to do it in spite of the fact that there isn't evidence that you are ready. Me doing a podcast, I can't wait until I'm a success, uh, I can't wait until I'm a successful podcaster to start a podcast. It's a paradox in itself. You've got to create the evidence for yourself and that's the scary thing. It's out of your comfort zone. But you're never going to be ready. Even some of the most successful podcasters are still like fuck where do I want to go? Like it's always going to be that feeling of more, 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 and there's things I can improve on. So you learn 
so much when you just give it a crack. You learn so much from the journey than the sidelines and you won't have regret because you tried. And I think the feeling of regret is probably one of the strongest emotions ever. People, yeah, look, at things might not work out, but to say that you had a go and a true go at anything you want to pursue in life, at least you, you probably won't even look back on your failures. Like you, you, you won't look back at something you failed at because you'll forget. You'll only look back at the things that you didn't give a crack that you were truly passionate about. In 50 years, I w- if the podcasting doesn't work out and I gave it a true crack and I continue to, I won't look back and say, oh, that was a waste of time. Like I, w- I probably would forget it because I'm going to be looking at like you, the only things I would look back at are the regrets that you have or the successes that I'm living in because I chose to do things in spite of those feelings. So we continue to use that as an excuse. I think a lot of people do, like whether it's even the gym. People don't want to go to the gym because their physique's not ready for the gym or they're overweight, but that's the whole point of the gym. A lot of the time, the purpose of doing things is to get better at the thing, but we wait until we, people wait until they're the master of the thing to start the thing. But it's paradoxical because you'll never be in that position unless you start. It's you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. It's that whole thing. It's it's pretty simple. You just you got to fucking give it a crack and go. Stop using excuses. I don't know how any other ways to frame it. And I learnt that this year with the podcasting because I pretty much started on just right at the start of this year. And look, I've gotten so much better at it, and I realized how not ready I was. Like I go back to early episodes, and I wasn't ready. When are you ever going to be ready? Like I wasn't, you know what I mean? In, in two years time, I'll look back at these episodes and be like, I could have done better, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't get, I don't have like, I don't look back at earlier content and be like, oh, that was, I don't feel embarrassed about early content because I'm proud of myself for going, even though I knew deep down, I probably wasn't ready, but you're never going to be ready. I love that. And I, I laughed a little bit there when, when you started the gym thing. Yeah. Because it's so true. Like, people just, like, don't want to go to the gym because they're not fit. <laughs> What's the point of going to the gym? To get fit. You don't go to the gym when you're, you know, 7% body fat and built like sebum. Like, you go to the gym to get like that if you want. Or you go to the gym to just get your body moving. Like, I think a great point there is just the especially on the 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 gym part of things is just if you want to do something or you want to be healthy or you want to achieve something doesn't you don't have to be the expert like we're not expert podcasters but we love it and we enjoy it and we do it to grow and learn and have fun and and get to meet new people and it's always tying it back to the why I reckon is really important as well but like why do you want to do this like for you like quickly why do you do the podcast Many reasons. The reason I started was to learn from other people and also share what I know. So if you were like, if you didn't give it a go, you wouldn't be doing any of this, right? And you wouldn't be learning. So you would have come back to, some days it's like, like now you're starting to do more solo pods. Like that's going to be, that's going to be like really cool. It's going to be tough because you're going to be just talking Mm. by yourself. But why are you doing that? To help others, to impact others, to understand people? Like, Oh, I'm really scared. Uh, I don't want to do solos because it's a half hour by myself. And, you know, you can think of all the, the bad things that are going to come with it. But then flip that. What are the pros to it? I get to go back and 
do my why and what is my why to be able to learn from others to help others. So I think that's so important too, which I guess, I don't know if we, this is, I guess it might be sort of similar. For me, it's um, embrace the embarrassment of the beginner mindset. And what that looks like for me is the only way to accomplish something meaningful is to endure the days, weeks, months, years of the failure, right? And that's going to happen because those who can embrace the embarrassment, I feel, will eventually win in life, right? Because no one, like you've said, no one ever starts and pursues something, right, that or becomes really successful or does what they want to do if they don't take that first step, right? You not, might not, it's a great... Um, the have you seen the book read the book or the movie the mole the fox oh i can't remember what it, i can't remember this it's the mole the fox and the something the boy i think and it's a great thing is the boy says i can't see the way through and the horse says can you see your next step and it's like well yeah i can see my next step so that's all it is you don't you might have the goal you might have the destination but there's so many different ways to get there if you can see the next step just take that then you'll be able to see the next step. Take that. Because sometimes the path isn't clear. So you've got to take that step. And it's embracing the embarrassment of the beginner mindset. Because I don't have a lot of skills on social media, for example, right? It's a great one for me. Because like I want to be able to impact as many people as I can to be able to have them to be happy, understand themselves and live a life that they want to live. And for me, if I can show how I do that, on socials and hopefully people can start to maybe do that themselves but I don't know where to start I don't know how to edit I don't know how to make all these reels and clips and all these sort of things so I'm embracing at the moment the embarrassment of just being a a starter really on social media like people talk about you gotta be grid set up and you gotta have all this set up I'm like yeah you probably do but at the moment I got no idea about all that stuff and it's scary and it's confronting but the next step is just post something and you'll learn. You'll get feedback. Someone will end up messaging you and say, bro, you could do it like this. You could do it better like that. But embracing the embarrassment has been a crucial part, especially I've sort of only really sort of developed this over the last maybe month, especially, because I'm sort of, I've been sick of just sitting in the shadows and, and not, I guess, putting myself out there with me than just not in meeting new people and that. And because I've been a bit like, oh, I wonder what they'll think of me. I wonder what, if are they actually looking at me or this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to start new things. I want to learn new things. But I've always, I guess, stood back in the shadow because of the embarrassment of what someone else might think of me. Um, yeah, so it's that awkwardness of being a beginner and learning and putting yourself out there and trying new things, whatever it is. Like you might be want to be, become a chef or you might like cooking and you want to cook something new and you might end up doing what, um, Jennifer Aniston does on Friends where she mixes I think a shepherd's pie and a um, what's the the trifle and she makes like this mince trifle thing because she doesn't know how to cook properly you're going to make mistakes you're going to not have the full recipe and all this sort of stuff but just keep giving it a go you're not going to stop because of one thing just take that step and embrace that beginner's mindset um, it's something that I'm really going to take into this year but it's a big lesson because the whole year I've been too embarrassed to take steps right so that's what i want to do this year um which is pretty exciting i think for me um but it also means that i can connect with new people learn new people that sort of stuff too because i've been able to 
they ask you questions or ask certain people questions about different aspects of life. And it's like, ask them because they've done it or they've been there before. But you got to embrace the beginner's mindset. And there's no stupid questions either, I've learned, mm. on the back of that. 100%. I know De- I rambled, but... Nah, yeah. nah. I think it'll definitely, it definitely feeds into my one, where my one is there will always be uncertainty. So just be certain of what you can control. There's always the uncertainty is that embarrassment and that beginner mindset. Like you're not going to be great straight away. That's un- It's uncertain of when it's going to come. It's uncertain of when you're going to get certain results or certain goalposts that you've set in stone. But what can you control? It's You can control your mindset. You can control how you react. You can control a lot more than what you think. The uncertainty is what scares us. But find a way to embrace that uncertainty by controlling what you can control. And that's the most powerful thing I've learned with this whole space of being that beginner and having that embarrassment and, you know, it being like, oh, my God, like what are people going to think sort of thing. I can't control that. What can I control? The next step, like you said, that's what I can control. Where do I see this going? Oh, it's a bit uncertain. I don't really know. What's my next thing? Next podcast, next guest. What do I learn from this sort of content? It's just being willing to take that next step. And that's, and that if you have certainty in just one, in the next step, then you don't need to worry about where the next 100 steps after that are going to be. That's going to be uncertain. You don't fully know that direction. But I think a lot of us, because in our head we like to have certainty of worthiness or being good enough, we create these goalposts in our head. If my podcast is successful and has this many listeners or followers, then I'm going to be worthy and happy. So in my head, there's already that expectation that I need certain outcomes to feel a certain way. So anytime there's uncertainty with a certain direction of my podcast, there's going to be a huge gap between reality and expectation. And that gap is uncertainty and there's going to be anxiousness. So the way to change that is lower the expectations. It's to control what you can control with the next step. And that gap of uncertainty, which is always going to have some sort of negative emotion inside of you, is going to go because you're controlling what you can control and bringing your attention back to the present. Now, it's not a fucking easy skill because the brain is scared and it likes to know what's going to happen. And my brain does it all the time. But it's a skill I'm learning to master and it's a skill worth exploring. It's not a skill worth talking about in this episode because it deserves a lot of time on itself. But it's something I'll get into about learning how to control your attention so that you're not constantly fantasizing about the future. Um, so just learning that you, you can control your mindset and learning to control what you can control and forget and trying to eliminate parts of your life that you're trying to... Con- we all worry about the things we can't control and forget how much we actually we can control and taking responsibility for what we can control. And I think a lot of successful people, or a lot of people who are happy have a really good balance of okay, I can't control that, so I'm not going to put my time and energy into it versus, okay, I can control this and I'll put my time and energy into that. It's a skill I'm trying to learn and to master because I feel like it's one of the most powerful human skills. Yeah, it is. It's the, have you heard, you would have heard of the locus of control? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like making that list of what I can control and what I can't control. And real basic example is I can control my energy, I can control my feelings, like as in how I like show up, like... I can be energetic if I want to be, or I can be, you know, I can be like, yeah, let's go, let's do this potty. I can be like, yeah, okay, let's do the podcast, sick. <laughs> I can control that. But 
I can't control if it's raining outside. Like, I can't control if someone runs a red light. Like, these sort of things. Like, there's things you can control in life, there's things you can't. And, and every situation or every goal that you're going into, if it's stressing you out or you're, you know, worrying about it, literally write a list. Mm. I can control this. On the other side, I can't control this. Real simple, great exercise. And I used to do what we used to do all the time in um, footy. And they used to be like, okay, you can't control what the opposition does, but we can control what we do. You can't control the umpire. You can't control, um, yeah, like the weather. You'd always talk about that sort of stuff, right? But what can we control? All right, we can control our energy. We can control our attitude. We can control how hard we work during the week, all that sort of stuff, and just make that list, which is like, it's a great point. Control what you can. I think making that list is so powerful, and if you – Look at the things you can't control or think of the things that you find yourself trying to control. This is the most powerful thing you can do to explore yourself. Look at the things that you're trying to control but you can't because they're external and then ask yourself, why do I want to control this? Because if you ask yourself why you want to control certain external things, it'll often expose expose some sort of internal internal thing whether it's an insecurity or a vulnerability something that you aren't fully at peace with inside will get exposed by what you're trying to control outside of your locus of control so it's definitely a good exercise whether it be relationships business your health um people's opinions there's something that something in that anything in your life identify what what do i put all my time in trying to control but i know that i can't control it and then why? And then go from there. And I think that'll bring a lot more inner peace. Yeah, agree. I love that. All right. What's your fourth one? Fourth one. Freedom from fear of judgment. So it's I guess it comes back to that saying, you don't fear failure, you fear what everyone else will think of you if you do fail, right? And that's one of the probably significant lessons that I've learned this year is to embrace the failure without the fear of the actual act itself, but rather what other people' opinions of me are. And if I was to stumble, if I was to stuff up or make mistakes, that's how I can learn, that's how I can grow, and that's how I can get better. That's the way I have to look at it now, rather than, oh, what's this person going to think? They're going to judge me. They're going to you know, think that I'm a loser or I'm not good enough or I can't achieve this. But it's like... No, that's just the shackles of social judgment that everyone goes through. And you've got to free yourself from that. You've got to unlock the, the shackles from your feet and actually embrace the fact that not everyone is going to support you and not everyone really cares what you're doing. Like, no one cares realistically, right? The only reason they care probably deep down is because there's some sort of insecurity going on with them, right? Like, we all judge people. Don't get me wrong. I judge people all the time. But then... Once you judge someone, it's like, why am I judging? Okay, I'm probably judging them because there's some something in me that's I'm insecure about. And that's what I've sound, seemed, I guess, to come across um, this year is that I've slowly worked out that I don't fear failure. And it comes back to what I said earlier about the beginner mindset. Like, I don't fear failure. I just fear the way everyone else will look at me. And a great point of that was when I got delisted from footy, I feared like the whole time about not being good enough, not being able to match it with the good players and this. And then I didn't actually fear getting delisted. I didn't fear 
you know, not having a successful career. I feared what someone else was going to think of me. And it, it came back to my close friends and family. Like, they're going to think that I'm a failure, right? If I don't become a successful footballer, they're the ones that are going to think that I'm not good enough and they won't give me respect. And and that, if I realised this earlier, I, I don't know what would have happened. But it's it's really curious for me because now I, it empowers me to pursue my goals and live authentically with resilience, obviously, because you're going to have external opinions and people are going to throw hate at you. People are going to – some of it might stick because it will really personally hurt you. But being able to pursue your goals authentically, remember you're going to have to have resilience because there's going to be – still going to have that fear of external opinions. But like we said earlier, the opinions that matter are probably the ones that are in the same space as you, that are close to you, that you're connected with and that you're in the same arena. Because if someone – I think it's um, – if, why would you take advice from someone that you wouldn't want to swap your life with or that's not even in the arena that you're playing, the game that you're playing? So that has been a crucial thing for me because it's really empowered me to pursue my goals, my like, like what I want to do with my life um, because now I'm just like, it's a water off a duck's back and I still struggle with it. Like, oh, what's this person going to think if I do this? Or if I'm sitting at a cafe by myself, someone's going to think I'm a loser. Like, no one, it's coming back to don't care what everyone else thinks of you. And I don't, this year, I haven't felt that I've feared failure, but I've just felt that if I do stuff up, that everyone else will think I'm a failure, and that's what I've worried about. So that's a big lesson, and it stopped me from doing certain things. But going into this year... I'm not going to care what anyone else thinks. I'm not going to fear failure and I'm not going to fear what people are going to say about me if I do certain things in my life and actually pursue the meaningful purpose or purposeful things that I want to achieve or I want to go after. I feel like when you get clarity on that and you can reduce fear of failure to fear of other people's opinions, then you can really give yourself some like almost ultimatum style questions like, do I want to chase my dreams or will I, will I let little Johnny dictate my life? Like making it as clear as possible to yourself that you're not living the life you want because of someone's opinion. I feel like that's not what happens in someone's head. They People aren't fully aware of how scared they are of other people's opinions because it's confronting because it's basically like, oh my God, you have control over my life. The, the ego doesn't want you to hear that. So it's, it's not really a conscious thing. People... What happens is the ego gets scared and it comes up with all these stories that that tells the conscious um, the conscious brain why it's not doing it and and it will be it will be a very good narrative it'll come up with excuses it'll shift away responsibility to take all the blame and vulnerability away from yourself of oh, could I be good enough like do I have the courage to do this it takes all the blame away it'll, it'll come up with circumstantial excuses this is why I didn't chase my dreams. Because it's an easier narrative to live with and the ego knows that. That's why it does it. But when you can learn, and it links into my next point, um, which if you have me to keep going to the next point. Yeah, yeah, which is, definitely, bro. Which is vulnerability is not a weakness, it's a superpower. And that's S- oh, the biggest lesson I've learned this year, probably number one. And when I link it, it link this all, all this stuff is very linked, obviously. But I think vulnerability is so linked to that because when you can be vulnerable with yourself truly it gives you so much 
information about how to be better. And when you can understand that these stories that are coming up with your head aren't always true. Like people think the inner voice that they hear, every, every voice or every emotion that they feel, they feel like it's the truth. It's actually just a guess. That's what emotions are. They're messengers, not dictators. And a lot of our emotions stem from insecurities and traumas. And then we take that narrative to be the truth and act in accordance to that. But when you can be truly vulnerable, you can reflect, you can sit back and take a second to, to think, is this the reality or is there something I'm truly worried about? When you can be truly vulnerable, it gives you the opportunity to be the person you want to be by giving yourself that one moment to fucking think, is, what am I doing? Is this, how do I want to go about things? It's, vulnerability allows for clarity, I think. And it's scary, but because the clarity can be scary because as soon as you see things for how they truly are, I'm, I've been a, I've been a, uh, a coward for 10 years. I haven't chased my dreams. I've, I've given up on myself. I'm a loser. That might be the truth because that's clear. That's what vulnerability allows. But what does that mean when that happens? That's the only time you'll ever be able to live the life you want. It's scary and that's why no one does it. But that's also why it's a superpower because I've been able to do it with my life, whether it's my relationship or my podcast or my football or my relationship with my parents, or my relationship with my friends, with food, everything, right? Every time I was able to be vulnerable, you learn from that. You truly can go, I, I need to get better at it for sure, because, but it's something I've learned this year about how to do it. And once you can uncover the layers with inside you, that's only when you can truly, that's only when you can grow. Because you have clarity on what, what's happened to you, why it's happening to you and where you want to take your life. And I think clarity and intention are so important for self-growth. And if this, I think the reason people don't think it's a, a strength and they think it's a weakness, it gets linked with like emotions. And I think there's a difference between vulnerability and complaining and I think it gets mixed up because a lot of the time when people are vulnerable, it has the, you, if you're being vulnerable, it doesn't always mean you're crying or, or sitting, like being vulnerable can just be like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to own that because vulnerability to me is when you can almost go against the narrative of the ego because a lot of the time the ego is trying to make yourself comfortable. So to be vulnerable is to almost be like, fuck, this voice that I have in my head of what I'm trying to say to protect myself might not be true and there might be something wrong or that I'm doing wrong that I could do better. That's being vulnerable. And the reason it gets mixed up with is because of the connotations of vulnerability with men crying and being emotional and that being labelled as feminine. And that's not true at all. That's, uh, it's been well well rehearsed in this field, so I don't need to go full full Monty into it. But I feel like as soon as you have clarity around the fact that vulnerability isn't fully just about being emotional, but about being clear within yourself and having the courage to answer the, the real hard hitting questions, it becomes a superpower because in this year, my biggest growths have all stemmed from when I was able to be vulnerable. But most people live their lives not being vulnerable or not, you can call it what you want. Basically, they're not being the person they want to be because they don't have the courage to answer the, the real hard-hitting questions within their life. 
and it, it's it's a superpower and there's no two ways around it. I think learning to master vulnerability allows for that clarity and then allows you to live the life you want. And it's not going to be easy. I'm not clarity. Clarity doesn't mean easy. Clarity just means clear. And if you still have to fucking jump off a bridge, you still have to jump off a bridge, but at least you know what you have to do to get to where you want to be. And to me, clarity is all I'm after because guess what that means? Clarity is certainty and certainty to me, I crave. So there's nothing wrong with having a bit of awareness around your life. It's still going to be scary and there's still going to be emotions involved. But if you, at least if you know, you have some sort of direction. And I think that's the most important thing. Love that. That's a great point. It's... I don't really need to touch on anything there, man. You just you nailed it. It's so true, right? Courage and vulnerability. One thing I will suggest to listeners if they're like, oh, what does it actually mean? Really, do I want to be vulnerable? Brene Brown. Search her up. Oh, what's that one quote she had? It was like, I don't know if it was vulnerability, but it's like... Um, um, they need a... Because one, if you, everyone's got Netflix, right? You've all got Netflix. If you want to learn something... Oh, here we go. This is a go-to quote. <laughs> Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy, the experiences that make us the most vulnerable. It's a, it's a goat quote, and it flows, <laughs> it flows into my last point, which is what's held me back a lot, but... Netflix, Brene Brown documentary, watch it if you want to learn more about vulnerability or watch a TED Talk on it because it's so, so empowering. Anything else you want to touch on there? No, that's it. Next one. Next one is basically off the back of that quote and it's about owning your story and your past and tell your story with all your heart. So by owning my story and my past and it allows me to actually dig into my heart and tell my story and embrace it with everything and fully accept it and own every part of my journey, the ups, the downs, and then everything in between. And I guess understanding that my experiences, both challenging, both the triumphs or the happiness or the, the good times, like I said, the bad times, it shapes me and who I am today. Like all the lessons that I've learned, um, all the things I've been through, it allows me to embrace my vulnerabilities and not shy away from that. And that just gives me so much self-acceptance. It paves the way for my own personal growth. It allows me to just sit by myself and with my emotions and be resilient in the things I've been through but gain strength and guide me towards where I want to go through because no matter what you've been through, right, if you erased everything you'd erase yourself right because everything you've been through has got you to where you are now it's shaped the person you are right now and some of it might be good some of it you might want to tweak and get better at but it's that light your past is where has got you to where you are now so i can't shy away from it and a crippling thing for me probably the last two years has been shame shame about certain things that have happened in my past that I couldn't get over, right? It's the darkness that I wouldn't want to explore. But I can't explore the light or accept the light if I don't, I guess, explore the darkness, right? Because there's that, there's, I think it's a, there's a saying, all right, to 
you got to be brave enough to explore darkness and then you'll discover the, the power of light, right? Because you don't get one without the other. So every day, sun comes up and the sun goes down. It becomes night, it becomes day, right? Both, you need the day and you need the night. It's the same with you need darkness and you need light. And it's helped me a lot is I can live my life in shame, right? Or I can shine the light on it accept it and just love that part of me because it's turned me into something else right it's turned you into this person and that could be for the good or for the bad but understanding that what you've gone through has shaped you and what you've gone through can be so many so much wisdom and so many lessons learned to put you in the direction and like you said earlier the clarity on where you want to go um and that's a big thing because shame has crippled me and I haven't at times embraced that vulnerability of you went through this. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to acknowledge it. And when you don't acknowledge it, that's when it can really eat you away, right? And that's what's happened to me up until probably three quarters away to this year. So nearly, nearly over a year and a half that it's really crippled me and it stopped me from doing so many things because I didn't want to own my story. And that's actually my do you want to say affirmation for this year is going to 2024 is own your story and no matter what i do and no matter what i've been through i'm owning every single thing because i'm the only one can can take control of my life i'm the only one that can you know make myself do things so i need to own that i need to own my story previous future and present that's where I'm at at the moment is owning that and tell my story with all my heart, love myself with all my heart and love all my imperfections, love all the good things, love all the things I want to work on because my story is a source of strength and a source of resilience and a source of authenticity and a source of love uh, and it's my life and I'm not getting held down by the shackles of shame anymore. Right? I'm stepping into the world that I want to step into and I'm stepping into the the real Braden and shine a light on that person. Love that. So good. Yeah. I, my sort of um, similar, like, I guess motto when you call it is like. That's the word, motto. Yeah, like, because yours, you know, own, own your story. I told myself the one I would, for me, was like, write your story. And the reason I wanted to go with that in 2024 is because I probably don't have too much trauma. And I think for me, owning my story isn't that hard. I think the what I want to do is write my story because I want to empower myself to do what I want to do. And I feel like a lot of people also feel like their lives are dictated by other people. So they're not really writing their story. And I think write your story means like you're the narrator of your own life. You get to control so many things yet you're letting other people dictate your life and write you you write your story for you so I think that's sort of like one of my mottos for 2024 is to help inspire people to do the things they really want to do and not be held back by fear of judgment or whatever other voices are coming to them my last one which is quite um important for anyone who goes in self-growth Definitely saying I've, I've learned this year and I've probably learned, I reckon I've learned it last couple months. Um, 
it's just it's easy for people to say that they know this, but to understand it and apply it to their life is another thing. And it's life is about the journey because there is no destination. And I think everyone says that, but I don't think many people live by that. And that's what the one thing I don't like about cliches is they get regurgitated so many times, but not many people actually fully master it and actually understand it. Because people say like, oh yeah, I, I, like I love the journey of life. Like, but their whole life, they're dictated by future goalposts. Like I've done this before. I'm like, this many podcasts will make me good, this many followers. When I get to this level of football, when I get to this sort of muscle physique, whatever. We create these artificial go- goalposts in our head. We postpone our happiness, right? Because I think it's a, it comes from insecurity a lot of the time, like because you're not fully content with where you are. So I think you're running away from your story almost. Like you're running away from the reality when you create these goalposts. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, having positive delusions and being like, I want to be the biggest podcaster. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do all these things. It's not, I think goal setting and being aspirational is different to how present you are because there's there's two things there's the two primary neurochemicals right dopamine and serotonin and dopamine's very future orientated it's about future reward it's the anticipation of getting something so if we're doing a good podcast right now there's two things that can happen if we're having a good podcast right now it's either dopamine gets released because i'm thinking oh my God, once I release this episode, people are going to love it and there's going to be a future reward. To me, that sort of has gone out the window because I've, I've come to realize that posting good content and good episodes only gets you so far. But let's say you go to the gym or you're eating really well and you're really obsessing about what it's going to mean for you once you get to a future point. You know, dopamine starts to fire up because you're thinking in a future state, this is going to bring some reward. You've controlled your impulses in the present so that some future version of yourself can have the reward. Now, I'm not against dopamine because dopamine is incredible. That is, It is literally what inspires you and motivates you. There's nothing wrong with it. But the problem is when we become reliant on dopamine because we live our lives in a future-oriented state. We're not able to be present because we're too busy worrying about the future. And I think anyone in the self-growth world, it's important that we have clarity over this so that we're not constantly just chasing the next big thing because these goalposts that we put up for ourselves are going to get further and further every time. So serotonin, the other neurochemical, that's about being present in the moment, having appreciation for where you are, where you're at, and your circumstances currently. It's being grateful for where you are and enjoying that connection with people, connection with yourself. And I think people don't realize that because that feeling can actually get blurred. It can, you know what I mean? It's actually a pretty similar-ish feeling. It's a positive feeling. It's, and, it's, and it's an excitory feeling within in your nervous system. But the problem is I've gotten to this before. I, the reason I learned this lesson is because I would be in such positive moods and it, it, I actually wasn't enjoying the present. I was fantasizing about the future. But then you start to think all the things that you're doing you, – you get confused because you're like, I'm so happy. Like I must be enjoying the journey because I'm so happy, but you're not, you're just fantasizing about the future because of the actions you're taking in the present. There's nothing wrong with taking positive actions. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing podcasting. This is going to be good for me in the future. Like there's going to be rewards because of my consistent work. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is when it takes away from the present and I've learned to really enjoy 
each and every moment, the conversations with people. Like I used to do interviews with people, right? And I would be halfway through the interview and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to clip that. And there's nothing wrong with that because you, you, you know what it means. But then how present am I really? Am I really enjoying the conversation or am I trying? And, and it's not like I'm doing this intentional to disregard the present. It's just because my brain wants the certainty of success for my, for my efforts. My brain wants to know, okay, all this hard work you're putting in, it's going to be some reward for it. And it takes time, whether it's your health, fitness, relationships. You, but you've got to understand that if you're not present, you're not enjoying the journey. There's a lot of quotes from people who, I think it was Hormozy who said, when I was 20, I wanted to be a millionaire. And when I was a millionaire, I wanted to be 20. A lot of the reasons successful people always wish that they were younger is because they didn't enjoy the journey because they postponed all of their happiness for when they achieved their goals. There's nothing wrong with being aspirational, but the intentions you have along the journey are way more important. There's Ali Abdel, this very good productive, I think he's a productivity guy. He was a doctor. He has a 5 million YouTube um, channel. He's amazing because I love the way he conceptualizes this and a great podcast he did with um, Chris Williamson. And with with this whole thing, he's a millionaire. Um, he's not 20. He's, I think, I don't know his age, but he's definitely either early 30s or something. Anyways, he doesn't wish he was 20, right? He says, no, I don't wish I was 20. I love where I'm at right now. And he said the reason he doesn't feel that way is because he loved every second of the journey. And I'm starting to realize, okay, if I'm putting all this hard work in, I'm being vulnerable, I'm willing to grow, Okay, I actually have a bit of confidence in myself that I'll get to where I want to be. But I don't want to get to where I want to be and regret how I went about it because the journey is everything. At the end of the day, that's all That's all you can control and that's what life is, the journey. Because when you get to that future thing, if you have that mindset of being like, when I get to this future, oh, things are going to be great. How are you, going to, how are you suddenly going to shift your attention from the future to the present? You know what I mean? Like that, your brain is in that state. So that the power of practicing gratitude and gratefulness and appreciation for the present is you're training your brain to control your attention because your attention is a superpower. And that's why I say life is about the journey because there is no destination because there isn't because every arrival at a destination marks the start of a new journey, the journey you're on. So I think just being aware that the neurochemicals can get mixed up. You might feel like you're present in the moment, but you're really just future oriented. So just learning, it's, it takes a bit of reflection. Start asking yourself, did I feel good? Like, And a lot of the time your thoughts are important. Like we, like I would have thoughts and I'm like, okay, am I really present? Like I'm thinking about posting this and posting that and I'm, I'm actually talking to someone right now and I'm getting all these ideas. Like are you really present? The, there's nothing wrong with being inspired in the moment and sort of strapping that to your life and thinking, okay, I just heard this really sick idea. I'd love to apply it. Write it down. Forget about it. Be present because if you're, if you're not listening, you're not learning. And to truly listen and to truly master your attention to the present is such a big superpower because then that, allow, that goes hand in hand with all the things about being vulnerable because how can you be vulnerable if you're not present, right? We're so fantasizing about the future. That's why we're not able to grow as people because we're always thinking about the next thing. Oh, I can't wait to go out Saturday night. I can't wait to do this, do that. So I think once you realize truly that life is about the journey and not the destination... And not just hear that because it's a cliche. Because if I said to people, okay, do you, do you think life is about the journey or the destination? Everyone's going to say it's about the journey. But there's no way that people live their lives that way. 
fully. So I think that's something I'm trying to master. Um, but yeah, that's the big takeaway. I think I love that. Simply put, and something that I think everyone should really understand is that that being present. But simplify it all. Delay gratification. Don't delay happiness. Because never delay your happiness. You can find happiness in every single moment. Delay gratification is something that we can all do and something we definitely should do. But don't delay the happiness that comes with everyday interactions and every day we have happiness. So don't delay that. Delay the gratification, but don't delay the happiness and your own happiness. 100%. I think it's just choosing... I think a lot of people think that if they're delaying gratification, it's like, oh my God, I shouldn't be happy now. Like I've got to go in this grind, hustle mindset. You have so much fun along the journey. You've just got to like choose your rewards. I think a lot of like, that's when people, like when soon, if you get in the self-help world, I guarantee you, you'll start going for coastal walks, getting coffees with mates and that'll be so enjoyable. I used to not think that was enjoyable, but like you, you find appreciation in the small things because you're shifting your baseline of, of what's good enough to please you. That's why it's so important to get into this space because you can have less and have more. Yeah, great. You know what I mean? One thing that um, you probably would have heard of the SHR method, which I think you nail, man, and it comes off the back of this really. It's you make people feel important. And you talked about if, you're, don't learn, if you don't listen, you don't learn. And something that you do really well um, especially since my first interaction with you is everyone should follow SHR method, which is seen, heard, remembered. So you make people see, feel seen, you give them eye contact, you offer us maybe a compliment or whatever, make them feel seen, make them feel heard, ask the good questions off the back of what they're saying, be interested um, in what they're saying and don't be interesting. Like I'm not here to be interesting. I'm here to be interested in what you're saying. And remember what they say. Follow up. Remember names. Recall something like you, you talked about so you can chat about it later. And that's being present. But to make someone feel seen, to make someone feel heard, and then when you remember and get back to them, to make them feel that they actually matter and that you remember them, it's a great little thing that I like to, I guess focus on and it's just the shr method seen heard remembered um very powerful i feel i definitely agree it's important and a lot and you and you can do it without even realizing it but you do it really well thank you i appreciate that um all right we've decided to end with three relatively hard-hitting questions i actually don't know what brayden's got for me um but mine seem relatively hard hitting so so um i'm thinking we'll go three for three we'll just Whack them out. Bang it out. Um, Quick, short, sharp answers. Yeah, relatively. I don't know if you're going to have a... We'll see. I'll I'll go to you first. Okay. I don't know if you're going to be able to do this in a quick one, but um, first one is, what is your biggest weakness? Great question. Great question. My biggest weakness would be... There's so many. Depends what way I want to go about it. In what do you just mean, life, work? I guess. What do you? I think the real, when you think about weakness, I think a good one is what are you? What are you scared of people knowing about you or thinking about you? That can. My biggest weakness is not owning my past. Yeah, is not 
really expressing what I've been through and that cripples me a lot. It's the shackles of the shame of my past is what is my biggest weakness because what I went through, there is so much power in that to be used, but it's a crippling thing that has caused me to not be true to myself at times, not chase the dreams I want to chase and that's my biggest weakness because I'm not living my life to my full 100% purpose, passion and authenticity. Authentically, I guess, life is because of my shame. That's why one of my favourite quotes, I don't even know if I'm, I wouldn't have made this up, but your biggest weakness can, ends up being your biggest strength. Yeah. So as soon as you start fully owning that, it ends up being the thing that... Your pain is your purpose. Exactly. So yeah. that's why it's like such a important thing to own your story because those... Those fears and insecurities and those traumas, they end up being the thing that makes you you. Okay. What do you think would happen to you if you could see all the negative things written about you on a table and you could read them? There's two ways I can go about that. One, I would try and see all these things and change myself and try and become someone that can master all them so everyone likes me or I can be like I don't care about any of that and I obviously don't relate to those people so I'm going to step away from this list of people that are making all these things about me and go into this people and this world over here and escape that world so I guess I want to be on the left-hand side. I want to be like, okay, I'm going to stick with these people. And it's like we said, surround yourself with the right people. Obviously, they're not the people for me and they're all the people that don't like me and think that I'm this, that and whatever. So the way that I'm going to go about it is see you later, push them away and step open the door to the people that love, support and care and respect me and dive into that. That makes sense? I just got goosebumps thinking about my my question because my next question because it was okay. Imagine that, but a table ten times bigger, and that's all you. Yeah, that's all you. That's you wrote everything on that table. That's powerful stuff. <laughs> we forget how much we forget, so that we forget how much how you know negative we are to ourselves. You know, there's so much, but just because it was by someone, imagine that's why mastering what you can control, because that table of other people is probably going to be way smaller than your own. There's a table out there like that. 100% there's a table out there like that that has all these things written on a whiteboard, on a piece of paper, on sticky notes that's like, this bloke is a loser. This bloke has got no no idea what he's doing. He's just trying to be some sort of guy that wants to promote happiness to get likes and all this sort of stuff. But there's that table out there. Too bad, I don't care. I'm here to look at this table and all the things about myself that I like, all the things that, you know, some people like about me, like I'm connecting with cool people. I'm connecting with people that I want to be aligned with and it's helping me align with myself. So yeah, so true. There's two tables out there. It's which one are you going to go and sit at? Okay. The last one, 
this could link uh, it's could link to the mm, I don't think so let me go if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be and then why so one thing I could change about myself would be First thing that just came to my head, and it sort of goes back to what I said earlier, the courage to own every single part of me. Because I don't at the moment. And it may, who knows what it looks like, if that's what people might see, is he owns everything, he might not, because I don't. And that's my, that would be it. Yeah. Would be, is owning every single part of me for who I am, what I've been through, where I'm at right now, where I want to go, what I want to do. Um, yeah. But that's incredible. Does that answer your question? Yeah. But that's incredibly good vulnerability because it's like the scariest thing is when you're aware of saying you can say it but you don't have the answers mm. because when you have answers like, okay, I want to get big but then everyone's like, oh, my God, yeah, you can go to the gym, get healthy. Like there's clear... When you're talking about this stuff, it's not very clear and that makes it 10 times scarier, which also means it's 10 times more courageous that you're saying that when you don't have the answers for what it's going to look like or how it's going to be. So I appreciate that. All right. What have you got for me? Got. All right. If you could ask the universe one question and receive a definite answer, what would you ask? Now you- Oh, can you say that again? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you could ask the universe one question and receive a definite answer, what would you ask? Fuck, where's the list start? So many. Um, probably one. Depends how spiritual you start getting. Like if it's you can start thinking like, um, like the one curious one that you could have is like, is there free will or are we predetermined? Like, is this some sort of sick stimulation? Like, do I have full control of my thoughts and things? Like, that's an interesting one. Um, but going away from that sort of thing to make it more into in tune with the conversation um, and maybe more in tune to my life just to make it more personal, I really want to know... The, tr- the true reason I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't think I know. And I think it's easy to come up with an answer. Like, I want to help other people. Like, and I, I love that about me like, because I'm, I'm doing positive things. But I actually don't know the full, true, true answer to why I'm doing what I'm doing. I love that. But, and I think it's hard. It's, it's just, I just feel like my why is so big, but the why that I give isn't big enough to justify the stuff I do. So I just feel like there's some underlying thing that maybe I don't know yet. And it could be found out, but I just feel like that I'd be really keen to know. I love that because... I'm like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Is it really though? Is it really why? Can you dig deep? I love that. That's a great, great way. All right. If you had to give a TED talk, what topic would you choose and why? Right now, if I had to give one, I would, because not even like kidding, I definitely want to go into that space. That's why I thought I'd ask. Um, I think you'd be bloody good at it. Thank you. Um, definitely one right now would probably be to a younger audience and I would love to explain the connection between well, 
there's either two ways. I go down a simple mindset route or I go down to explaining the link between thoughts, actions, feelings using like the brain and basically creating awareness for people of like why they do certain things, why they give in, why they feel held back by other people and basically coming out of that with giving them a few tools and a few and awareness and being inspired like, okay, I actually have control over my life. I think that's probably the one thing I'd love to get out, give into a TED talk is like go into a younger audience and they're left like, oh my God, I could do what I want. Like I'm literally holding myself back and here's, and like I know why now because he made it clear because of, you know, talking about fears, insecurities and the ego. My brain was saying this and my thoughts aren't reality. All these things. I'd love to explain that in a really concise, cool TED talk. I think there's definitely room for that. I definitely will be doing podcast solo episodes like that. But obviously, if I was giving a TED talk, that would be right now probably the most inspired to do something like that. Love that. What's the heading? The heading? Mm, of your TED talk. The title? Because there's a lot in that, which is what you would... There's, there's got to be a heading for that. I just don't know what it would be. Um, it's tough, eh? Something... You could have something to start and then it would be like... It's your story or write your story or something like that. Sick though. I like that. Last one. What's something you wish more people understood about you? Um, I think the one thing I wish people understood is you probably wouldn't know this because you don't live with me and, um, and haven't known me for ages. But I think sometimes people get them misunderstand my true intentions or who I truly am and I think people don't like if you could ask like okay Braden write down a piece of paper who I truly am and I could give that to 20 people you would get such a variety because I think I change myself very well for who I'm around there's nothing wrong with that because I feel like I'm always authentic but I think I just that's just who I am maybe it's my people pleasing thing but I find it hard to be and part of me is like, okay, who actually truly am I? Like, I, like, am I molding myself just to be like? I don't have all the answers here. Um, so, what's the question again? What's something you wish more people understood about you? So, I think people under, so every relationship I have with someone, I, I'd I'd want people to know how there's a lot of other sides to me that they probably don't know in a good way. Like for for me, like you wouldn't understand certain things about like I don't know, like how how funny I am or certain things because it was just not the relationship dynamic right now. Um, whether it's certain other friends who it's more funny about, they don't understand how much I could help them or we could have deep conversations. Um, whether it's sporting friends already, like people don't understand certain things and it's just unique relationships. But for me, I like to, if I have a full connection with someone, I want it to be everything. I don't want to just be like having to hide myself. Like, or oh, does he know this about me? Like I think even with family members, like they wouldn't know so many things because it's just when you're younger, a lot of ex- formative experiences and you don't really be transparent because it's awkward to have those conversations. And even my dad fully doesn't, like, he doesn't understand that, like, that I was anxious in footy for a long time, period of time. And he and he doesn't realise that one of the main reasons I'm doing this now is so I can be better with footy. And he used to think, like, that I would never care about what people think. It's fucking the total opposite. I cared so much. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how does he not know that? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've to communicate it well to him. And he, it's almost like... He does. He wouldn't want the ideal person to be like that, so he's just thinking that I'm like that. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Some people don't fully understand. Even like whether it's my relationship with my mum, my pop, girlfriend, friends, they don't fully, fully get me. And there's nothing wrong with that, and they don't need to. But for me, I just I'm like, how can you truly understand me, and how can I truly be myself? 
because sometimes I might come across the wrong way with in, a, in all those relationships. And it's like, you don't know where I'm coming from. It makes sense to me. And it's like, that's where I need to get better at communication. So I know my one, that's one of my weaknesses. So I need to get better at communicating. For, for me, I'm just like, I think it's also being a bit lazy. Like, oh, you'll just know like what I'm feeling or thinking. So you'll know how to, how, what I mean. But like people, inter- we've got to understand people also interpret things in the worst way possible. They're like, oh my God, he's like this because he acted like that. But just being c- transparent with communication and putting a bit more effort into that. I think that comes back to f- um, failure of my cross mind reading. Like I think, I think people know as much about me as I do or also think deep as deeply about me so that they like always remember as much like I remember so much about people and they wouldn't remember so much about me and then when they when I tell them saying they don't have any idea because they, they just have forgotten so just like with communicate it's just a communication thing but it's also what, what I want people to know is there's more than meets the eye especially coming across podcasting I'm not all this serious guy I can have fun I love this stuff and I don't and I think when you go into social media space there's going to be a lot of perceptions people are like, oh do you follow this guy and then there's going to be, oh, he says this, this, this. But it's like, that's not me. So, But it's also, it all stems back from individually just being like, okay with that. And not like, you don't, I don't have to please everyone. I don't have to have the best perception of me. It's more important about what I think of myself. But also taking time to understand, okay, that is a bit of a weakness, whether it's communication. And there's some aspect of that where I'm, the reason I want people to know those that I'm, there's more to me is, is the whole people-pleasing thing. Because like, I want people to... I, I think I, I don't know if I want people to have grand perceptions of me, but I just think it's like if I'm going to have a connection with someone, I want them to truly know who I am and what I'm doing because it just makes me feel like it's a good connection because we have tr- full transparency with each other. I think oh, that right. answers that. Yeah, it does. Well, that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. 2023. Fuck it. I think we've timed the episode well. December 31st. That's great timing. Um, Main takeaways, I did a bit of this one yesterday, but I think if you're listening to this, maybe reflect on your own 2023 and think, okay, did I learn much this year? And and, and you've probably learned more than you realize, but it's taking action from that because all of these things I look here, I'm like, okay, I'm applying, I've got to keep applying this. Like they're, they're called life lessons for a reason. Like you learn the lesson and you don't repeat it, but it's also it's not easy so things are going to be hard but taking a mo- one moment to reflect and i'm sure everyone has gone through a lot of things small or big that they can improve their life on it's just giving yourself that opportunity that time being vulnerable in some way to grow and, and better in 2000 to be better in 2024 because it's your story to write love it mate i appreciate the time that we get to spend together i've really i'm just going to i'm going to say a couple of things quickly is man i appreciate your support especially over the last yeah four months our connection has has grown really deep and i consider you one of my really good friends now um and your willingness to always back me and support me but then give me the honest feedback i really appreciate and i'm really grateful for uh, all the things you've done and all the things you'll continue to do because you're part of my life now mate so um yeah and so so keen just to see where you go where this goes um and anytime i can jump on and talk with you man i just love it so i really appreciate it no thank you i appreciate you coming on i'm grateful for our friendship um and i'm very excited to see where you go and you know owning your story i think it's gonna be a big part of your 2024 and learning the new skills on social media 
it's a very exciting period of both our lives and I think I think you know with you know having our relationships definitely going to hold us both in good stead so I'm excited I'm excited for what this conversation will look like in one year um yeah 31st of December 2024 yeah right back I wonder how that's going to look can't wait for that one um yeah thanks again Braden I really appreciate it thank you thank you ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.